starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Good afternoon. Welcome to another Right Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with decision makers, both in collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is the general manager for Leofield Rucker Sports Property. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Kerry Atkinson. Daryl, pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for taking the time. And, you know, it's good to have a fellow New Jerseyan you know, as well. But, no, before we get started with the Q&A, Kerry, talk a little bit about your journey into collegiate athletics. Holy cow. Um, well, I can tell you it was kind of a late journey in my career. Um, most of my professional development took place in the cable television advertising industry way back when Sports Channel New York and Madison's Square Garden Network. Well, don't, had, don't, date, uh, don't date yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had the Mets and Yankees uh, baseball rights and I worked for a cable company that was just really starting to realize uh, the revenue on the advertising side. And back then, it was just a small piece of the overall revenue pie of a, of a cable company. Of course, it grew exponentially over the years. Then all of a sudden, it's, it started to get the attention of a lot of executives when the revenue kept growing and growing and growing exponentially each year until you know it got to the mid to late 90s and people said, wait a minute now, we've got something other than subscriber fees that we can pay attention to. Um, and, and I moved to Buffalo in 1991. And, you know, I think all of us in our careers have that kind of watershed moment where um, you're lucky. And I was very lucky. I worked for a cable company that uh, decided to get into professional sports team ownership with the Buffalo Sabres. So I was in the right place at the right time spent 10 years with the Buffalo Sabres in a variety of capacities. That was my first team job in the sports industry. And I learned everything. At 33 years old, I can tell you that I learned everything from merchandise to premium sales to ticketing to sponsorship sales. And that was a, uh, a period in my career that I got to see everything all at once. Some of it scared me, quite honestly because I really didn't have a good uh, understanding of the ticketing business and of the merchandise business, but it was a tremendous learning uh, experience. And it's something that's that served me well moving forward in my career. I actually joined the college space seven years ago at Syracuse. And uh, a friend of mine actually said that the job was open. I was doing some of my own consulting work and uh, I, I thought about it long and hard because while I loved Buffalo very much, I love the people, love the city. And by the way, I do want them to get a Super Bowl. Um, I really had the only hesitation I had going to Syracuse was whether or not I could put up with the with the long winners. Um, again, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Syracuse University for six years was a great place to work. Uh, Coach Beheim was a tremendous 
person to work with. I had a great staff, a tremendous team. First year I was there, we went to the final four unexpectedly as a 10 seed in the tournament, which is not easy to do. So, um, and then from there, uh, I wanted to come home. I'm a New Jersey native. I went to school here in New Jersey, uh, born and raised in South Jersey. So uh, the Garden State's always been pretty special to me. And when I had an opportunity to come home to Rutgers, I took it. And that was uh, right in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, so I, I've been here at Rutgers since March of 2021. Talk about who and what is Learfield and what do they do? I don't think your show is long enough to fully explain all the things that Learfield's involved in, Daryl. But at, at its core, it's a media and technology company in, this, in the field of college athletics. It's changed a lot as a company, and it's had to simply because of the business of college sports. So it's everything from data analytics to digital marketing to audio to multimedia rights with schools. I mean, we are a comprehensive, multifaceted company in the collegiate sports field that every school client that we have should be able to rely on us for not just the ability to sell their sponsorships, but to look to us to help them in the marketing effort, in the ticketing effort, in figuring out new ways to brand their athletic programs, whether that be digitally uh, or creatively. So when somebody asks me all that Learfield does, I pretty much say the same thing. Not sure I have enough time to give you the entire description other than an overview is we're really a one-stop shop for anything that could take place inside the field of uh, college athletics, whether it be on the ticketing side, the merchandise side, now uh, certainly in licensing. Uh, we've always been a leader on the licensing side of things. And then, of course, our expertise in the, in the field of media sales and, um, and digital sales as well. No question about it. You're definitely the leader in multimedia rights. Um, particularly among college athletics. Talk about the particular areas that you just mentioned a little bit that you oversee and talk about your staffing there. Yeah, each uh, each individual school property that Learfield has is is obviously very different. So if, if you look at, say, a Syracuse and Rutgers, pretty similar in terms of staff size, we'll have dedicated sellers, we'll have folks that service the contracts that those sellers present, here at Rutgers and also at Syracuse, we actually have a social plus person that their expertise is strictly on the digital side with social media. And what that person does is it, it works hand in hand with not only our team on the multimedia rights side at Learfield, but also works hand in hand with the athletic department at Rutgers and also, also work at Syracuse the same way. To, to build social platforms, social marketing platforms. And that could take uh, on, the, on a variety of, of, uh, of space. It could be helping the Rutgers Athletics marketing team develop a platform to continue to not only sell tickets, but promote their teams. It could also develop and create ideas for our team on the sponsorship sales side to, to help develop a platform digitally through social media that could not only integrate a brand sponsor, but also heighten the awareness of a Rutgers athletic team. So again, the, a social plus position 
in our space is only over the last 18 months. So that's how our business evolves and changes on a year-to-year basis. So we like to look at it as an extension of the athletic department, an extension of the athletic department's ticket sales effort, marketing effort, and certainly revenue development. We have a lot of coaches and administrators that watches this podcast, particularly coaches. You know, back when I was coming along, um, the natural progression for a coach was the transition into athletic administration. Um, of course, companies like Learfield um, back then were not fashionable. Um, things have totally changed in the collegiate athletic space. Talk about the process of hiring within Learfield itself, and then talk about the process of hiring uh, for Learfield Rutgers sports properties. Well, I think those are intertwined. Um, but I will say that one of the things that I've noticed that over the course of my career up to present day is um, I, I like to consider the hiring practice. You know, I, I always love to quote my one of my favorite coaches of all time because we happened to do a show with him was Bill's coach, Marv Levy. And in the climate of hiring, I, I think of one of Marv's best quotes that stayed with me for the last 25, 30 years. And that is, your actions should speak so loudly, nobody hears what you say. And I, I think that as the, the sports industry has changed and evolved, the needs of companies that do this have changed. I think what's remained consistent in terms of hiring is as you widen the field and consider folks of different backgrounds and experience is the one common thread has been, am I looking at a candidate that is willing to do anything and everything to help a team? And I know that sounds cliche, but in our field right now, it's never been more true because we face so many different objectives and obstacles to overcome now that in a lot of ways we've never had before. And we're, we're wearing so many different hats. We need versatility on our teams. So as far as hiring, I can tell you that the one thing that, that resonates with me in any interview I've ever had with any candidate I've ever interviewed is am I looking across at a person that's willing to do anything, whether it's in their written job description or not, to assist the team moving forward? And I think that that still is very much true in, in our hiring here at Learfield and certainly in our hiring here at Rutgers because none of us in the rights field have a, a plethora of positions, right? We're always looking at do we have the right amount of people raising the, the utmost revenue. In, in the ticketing field, we used to call it the elasticity of the demand, right? We used to think that, okay, if we have a playoff game, what is more important, to sell it all out early or to make sure that we're pricing it to the point where we're selling our last ticket for game seven, the day of the game? We're still getting a sellout, but we're, we're managing to raise the most amount of revenue we possibly can in, in, the, in the ticketing space. So from an from a employee standpoint, I, I like that elasticity of demand. Is this person flexible enough to do things 
outside of their job for the greater good. And I think that that has never been more true than it is today. Talk about some of the services you provide and some of the things that you try to sell to the clients. Uh, well, I can tell you that COVID um, has helped on the ticketing side. Uh, and when I say that, it's hard for me to even describe COVID, COVID, COVID being an assistance in anything because it's hurt so many people, hurt so many industries. But what it did do is it hastened the digital approach and mobile approach to ticketing and servicing. So if you think about just a few years ago, if you were a company like ours that say had, throw out a number, 200 sponsors, and each of those sponsors had tickets for every game, but they wanted to take this game for this guest and that game for that guest and this game in December for that guest, but they want the tickets two months early. There was a lot of courier services going around that had a lot of envelopes with tickets in it, right? The ticketing space on the servicing side for us was already moving into mobile transfers before COVID. What COVID did is hasten the arrival. So, we would have already been at the point where we were doing electronic ticketing now had COVID never happened. What COVID did was made sure that everybody got in at the same time to cut down on the transaction and the, you know, everything about handling tickets. So um, from a servicing standpoint and what we do, that's been very helpful because all of our customers can get their tickets on the same day with a couple of clicks of a button. From a brand standpoint, we have, we also obviously with our brands and our advertisers, we'll do hospitality events. So in the servicing of those events, whether they be employee oriented with an employee outing or key VIP customers of a particular brand, we'll help their marketing folks actually implement events here around our games, or even sometimes with facility with facilities here on campus. So we like to we liken ourselves in that instance to be extensions of a company's marketing or employee relations department. So our servicing can be as simple as making sure that our sponsors get their proper tickets, their parking passes, their hospitality, or we help them implement their branding and all of the other assets that we offer. That's great information, Carrie. but I gotta pay some bills. Let's go to a commercial break. You're watching and listening to The Right Fit. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile, all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. 
Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. I'm with my guest today, Carrie Atkinson, General Manager for Learfield Rutgers Sports Property, and we're talking all things right fit. You hit a briefly upon the interview process, how it's evolved over the last five years. Um, talk about some of the differences you've seen now, especially during COVID. Everything was virtual. Um, you know, how did that impact your industry in Learfield overall? Wow. Uh, Daryl, I can tell you that I think one of the things that occurred to me almost right away when COVID hit was when you think about sports, you think about sports events, going to games, being around your fellow fans, having the opportunity to experience the excitement. As a longtime Philadelphia sports fan, having to experience a lot of the disappointment. We, we're not going to hold that against you. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I totally understand. I get that a lot here in Jersey. But I think that the one thing that it reminded our staff is the very thing that got us interested in this business, that has kept our eye and our heart in this business, is the camaraderie with people, right? Whether we're attending events with our teams or they're working together to cultivate new ideas, we lost all of that. It was taken away from everybody simultaneously. So you, you lose the teamwork from the business standpoint, but you also lose the rush you get from going to the events. I remember uh, very early in my career, I hired a gentleman when I was in hockey we were walking into the old Buffalo Memorial Auditorium, and the snow was blowing sideways. It was you, you're really dating yourself. Oh, I sure am. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't run from it. Okay, so, but but I remember this vividly. Uh, it was probably twenty degrees out with a wind chill of minus ten. The snow was blowing sideways, and it was a Wednesday night, and we're walking into the building. And I said to this gentleman who I had recently hired, you know, if you just think about getting out of the car and walking through this, it's kind of miserable. But because of what we do, you don't think of any of that. You're going. And when the day comes, when you don't feel that way, walking into your event, then you know you're, you've stayed one day too long in the job. <laughs> And I think what COVID did is it robbed us of all of that. Now, coming out of COVID, it probably made us appreciate those times and that camaraderie even more. Um, but I think it was so abrupt. I was at the ACC tournament in North Carolina, and Syracuse had just beaten North Carolina. Daryl may have been by 30 points. We, we blew them out. I mean, just it wasn't I, even. I long. remember that game. And that was the last game before everything got canceled the next day. And we were going to the airport the next day, and we just knew the world was going to change. We didn't know by how much. And it just, it stopped. It was like everything just fell off a cliff. And for the next six months, we were consistently reminded how much we really didn't appreciate what we had and took for granted. And, and that's a great answer, Carrie, because COVID certainly 
made us realize what we took for granted as something that was the norm. We realized that it was not the norm based on COVID and not to take anything for granted because anything that seems to be the norm can all of a sudden change and normalcy as we knew it um, was very much interrupted. You've done a lot of interviews, I imagine, participate in a lot of them, and you probably conduct a lot of them yourself. Give me two do's or don'ts when interviewing. Biggest one is don't ask about the vacation plan during the interview. As soon as somebody asks about the vacation plan, I'm thinking to myself, they're more focused in the time off than they are in the time on. You're, um, you're, you're the first guest I've heard say about vacation plan. That That yeah. is definitely a don't. Yeah, that is an absolute, that's a game changer for me. Right. Um, and don't do a lot of talking. It's funny. It's almost um, counterintuitive. What I like to hear is a lot about team. I like to be part of a team. I like to be part of, an, of a group effort that has a goal because I had a boss in cable. Uh, and I'm big on these quotes, right? I take them with me. Um, he said, and it's one of my favorites, said, if you want to go somewhere quick, go alone. And if you want to go somewhere far, you go together. And that's what I'll look for in an interview. I'll look for somebody that wants to go together to go far. Now, that's not always easy when you're in a commission sales job, right? It takes a pretty special person to see the big picture. We always talk about that. But that's what we look for. Um, so the do is absolutely, I want to be part of a team effort because it's team sports. We're in a team environment. We're trying to make a team goal. And yeah, there are individual components to that, but the, the, the most important thing is the team and we're representing teams. So what I want to hear the do, the do, the do in the interview, I want to hear team, 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 be part of a, of a, of a bigger effort and have that mindset that I want to go far. If I wanted to go quick, I'd go myself, but I want to go far. And I think in the sports industry, when you have that mentality and you're willing to help out, I had a group in Buffalo is a great example of this. So I had a group in Buffalo um, as a sponsorship sales team. And they were uh, an interesting group, right? But one of the things that we really drilled home with that team is we would go down to the front. If you've ever been to the building in Buffalo um, that houses the Sabres, there's a big pavilion as you walk in off the street, and it's the main portal to get into the arena. And when there's a premium night giveaway, whether we're giving away off the time, you want to talk about dating yourself, Daryl, when we're giving away Beanie Babies, okay? Wow. Let's just take Beanie Babies. As this this generation don't know yeah, what Beanie Babies yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, they probably see them up on the wall with a nail through them, okay? Right. But um, that group, that sponsorship sales group, really didn't have anything to do with marketing promotions and giveaways, but they were the first set of people that would go downstairs that would assist in the handout of the premium items. Now, there was a department that had nothing to do with giveaways, had nothing to do with marketing, had nothing to do with game night operations. But the tone that they set by doing that, that no job was, was, was above them or beneath them, the tone that they set by doing that was 
holy cow, they're team players. You know what? When they need us, we should be there just like they're there for us when we need them. And I think that's so critical in a sports operation to, to make sure that, you know what, it's going to be outside your job description. But if you assist and you help, I mean, there is such a thing in hockey as an assist. There is such a thing in basketball as an assist. When you turn a double play in baseball, there's two other people other than the guy that catches the ball last, right? So um, that's what I look at, and that's critical. And, and that's, I think, part of everything we do. Trends. Let's talk about trends. Of course, in the multimedia rights industry, it's ever-changing, whether it's technology, um, you know, sponsorships. Um, are there any trends that one should stay abreast of, particularly in, in your field? Because we have a lot of college coaches here who really don't understand companies with Learfield does in terms of the signage, game day operations, all the stuff they may see around the football field, the signage. Um, talk about trends. The biggest trend, and our company has certainly uh, been out in front of the development of this, is the recognition that there's much more to a fan than game night. That you may only play, as a basketball coach, you may only play 35 games a year. That's 10% of all the days in the year. The folks that are watching you coach don't cease to become a fan after your final game. They're a fan of you all year long. So the key for us as a company is how do we reach those people in those additional 330 days of the year? What's the best and most effective way to reach them? And certainly technology is all about that, right? Making sure we have a product called Fan365. Not hard to figure out why it's named Fan365. There's fans 365 days a year. It's important to hit them with key content and, and draw attention to a program because you're not going to play every night of the year, but a fan is going to be a fan every night of the year. So that's the biggest trend. And of course, there's also this other piece that's fairly new that everybody's still trying to figure out is name, image, and likeness. I mean, that is a category that has so many open ends at this point that you know we could sit here today, Daryl, and talk about, well, this is where NIL is as it sits on our table today. It could look completely different after the weekend. And at some point, my personal belief is there needs to be some sort of universal umbrella to NIL, because as it exists now, it's really up to the interpretation of the individual schools. And once you inject that thought process, you end up with such varying degrees of participation. And I am all for the student athlete taking advantage of these opportunities. It's just how do you mechanically do that, right? And, and it differs from school to school. So I think at some point we have to just figure out a way to make sure that the student that's at, that's at X university is operating under the same guidelines as the student at Y college. Let's, let's talk about differentiators and what I mean by that in doing the interview process. I often have candidates who will ask me, how can I differentiate myself 
during the interview process. You know, there's where you talk about you want to hear about being a team player. Talk about some other differentiators that may resonate with you. One of the questions that we we get to ask applicants is, what was your biggest disappointment in life and what did you learn from it? And, you know, I, I tell folks all the time, I played on a little league team that won five games out of 40 in two years. And then after that, I played on a lot of teams that were very successful. I learned more from my losses in life than I ever learned from my wins. And the lessons in that, I'm always intrigued by folks that freely talk about their disappointments, what they did to overcome them, what they learned from them. Um, and you learn so much for, about a person hearing about some of the things that didn't go right or didn't go as planned or, or um, were surprising. So, for example, if, if I'm interviewing an applicant that's just out of college, their skill, their, their skill set obviously is going to be very different than somebody who's had a 10 or 15 year career. But certainly we can all agree on one thing. We get disappointments at any age, right? As long as we're old enough and cognitive enough to remember our experiences, we're going to remember our disappointments. So it's funny the reactions you get when you ask that question, because a candidate doesn't want to talk about anything that that they think may be considered to be trivial. But at the same time, it gives you kind of a window into their soul of what they consider to be a real watershed moment in their life. Well, that's true. They don't want to talk about things that they may think is detrimental you know, to them. Like I lost the student council race when I right. was in the fourth grade, right. right? So they're not going to come out with that. And, and who knows? That may have been their biggest disappointment up to that point. I, I don't know. They're gonna, but they'll probably think of something else. Or the improvement question. Tell me something about yourself um, that you think you need to improve. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, or give me a weakness about yourself. You know, a lot of people think that's a question they don't have to answer, but they don't realize. They just want to see how honest you are and your integrity. And what did you do to actually improve that weakness? So, I tell a lot of candidates, that's a great question. That's one of the easiest questions I found out later on in my career that I hope they ask. So, you know, I'd be like, I ain't got to worry about the other questions. I can just answer this one very honestly and openly Absolutely. as yeah. well. Last question. This is the best question of the whole show. Word association. I say a person, place, a thing. You say the first thing. Well, that comes I'll, I'll probably fail this one. Okay. Oh, no, you. There's no failure. There's no right or wrong. With it. Is there a time clock here, Daryl? No, not at all. Okay. all how you feel. Right. You can certainly elaborate on it. Um, Freehold, New Jersey. Home. St. John's University. Best decision I ever made. Collegiate athletics. Complex. <laughs> and finally, Learfield. Ever-changing. Mr. Kerry Atkinson, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I want to thank the viewers for listening and tuning in as well. Join me next week with another great guest here on The Right Fit.
Until then, please stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great weekend.